everybody, and welcome to the New Year's Commander's Wall podcast. I'm JB. I'm Adam. And I'm Dale. Uh, Trevor's might be joining us here. Maybe not. We don't know. <laughs> but a lot of stuff to talk about here in the new year. We've got uh, plenty of Theros Beyond Death spoilers. Um, I think that's going to be what we're talking about the most of. Yeah, and then I think Dale's going to do a deck tech uh, later on here about Heliod. He's uh, thinking about making a Heliod deck, and he's put something together been testing it out uh he'll have more details for you that later but uh yeah the spoilers spoiler season coming out here in what two or less than a week is pre-release yeah um what are you guys thinking so far pretty uh pretty fun stuff you know nothing i i don't see anything super super egregious uh maybe like three or four cards that i think the power creeps pretty pretty heavy in this set I do think that white got shat on. Um, they bled a bunch of stuff that could have just been mono white into yep. green. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I was I was kind of disappointed that uh, that new two drop green creature that uh, makes it so your enchantments and creatures can't be countered, and has the mana dump mm-hmm. uh, to you know help win a game. That could have just been white. You know, tweak the tweak the actual like overrun style effect to be something more white related but that could have just been mono white you know one and a white for a two three where creatures and enchantments can be countered um the the new planeswalker um i think he could have just been mono white he does a lot of interaction with enchantments auras and things like that he does but i mean i'm i'm kind of glad that he's selesnia colors just because he's, they need a little bit of love i feel like the green's fine well green not, is not, super not powerful green. i'm just saying like if we look at all the planeswalkers that come out i feel like selesnia doesn't really get too many like decent planeswalkers yeah but then they have white and green planeswalkers which white planeswalkers meh but green planeswalkers are pretty good yeah, I will agree with that. So, like, Calyx could have just been a mono-white Planeswalker with an O-ring as his uh, negative. You know, I, I don't see the need for it to be... See, I think they've stapled the green on there for the first ability of looking at the top four cards. I think, like, that's where they're getting the green from, which I don't think they need that. No, I don't think green needs that at all. I think white needed something like that. If they're not going to have card draw, at least let them try and get through the top of their library in some fashion. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of it has to do with the fact that we got Elspeth and she's the uh, white planeswalker in this set. But I, I knew they don't normally do two of the same unless it's like, I mean, War of the Spark was a little different case, but I think that's more or less where it underlines. Um, I agree. i still disappointed with the fact that white isn't really getting a whole lot. Um, Except for, I mean, Heliod oh, is yeah, pretty super good. good. Super Heliod's good. Heliod's pretty okay. You know, we, we Dale... I know you've been abusing the Heliod, Triskelion, and Walking Ballista combo. Yeah. You're I, a dirty, filthy combo player uh, now. <laughs> I've reached into the combo world and built that Heliod deck. and It's fun, it's, isn't it? It's a pretty fun deck. I mean, obviously, it's mono-white, so it's like, it's only so good, yeah. you know, but it's still pretty decent. I think, uh, I think the new Perforos is going to be a... Super fun commander. Oh yeah, you're Just, you're gonna build something. Like I that. am building that guy. Yeah. Uh, Sundial the Infinite style um, sneak attack deck where I don't have to kill you know, or lose your creature. The, the only like thing I'll say about the Perforos that I was kind of like disappointed in is that we had just got Ilhark, which is kind of like the same thing. Uh, granted, I think Perforos is definitely better because you can just pay oh, yeah. the three to activate the ability, but. It's kind of still just like, we just got that in the red. I would have liked to see, like, something else in red for Perforos. But still awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just really like the card. Uh, I like the new um, Erebos. I think he's pretty okay. Yeah, I think he's probably my favorite out of this new set. I don't... I. Some of these gods are good and better than the last iterations of them, but some of them I feel like they kind of fall flat. Uh, Thassia being one of them. Like, I think her last uh, god card was a lot better. 
Uh, granted, it was three, and it was only as, as far as scrying, but like that's pretty powerful. And then for two, you get to give a creature unblockable. I think it's better than tapping down another creature. Like, I mean, at the beginning of your end step, exile up to one target creature uh, you control. So let's say, for instance, you go hijack something and you gain it. Uh, then you can bring it back onto the battlefield, and then it's under your control now. You don't have to give it back. That's cool, but yeah. I th yeah, I think the Thassa is really lackluster. I also think the Nylia is kind of lackluster. I agree. Like, she I doesn't think even she... have reach. No. I I mean, that's a toss-up for me with Nylia. I like the creature spells cost one less to cast part of it, but the whole uh, activated ability of revealing the top card, if it's a creature, put it into your hand, or you may otherwise put it into your graveyard, is kind of like, yeah. It's not very, it's not very big and splashy for like, Perforos got sneak attack. Yeah. <laughs> Perforos literally got the card sneak attack stapled, uh, and I'm I'm pretty sure, you know, maybe I maybe Nylia could have gotten survival stapled to her, yeah, or something like that, or Call wow. of the Wild, where it's if it's a creature, just put it onto the battlefield. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe she could have got something cooler like that, but it's like, oh, if it's a creature, just look at it, put it in your hand. I would have yeah, liked a uh, pay three and give target creature you control reach. Or trample. Or both. Like, or give him the big way. buff. Yeah. You I'd know, rather there's... have the buff that she had in her last iteration than actually go and get maybe a creature on the top of your library. I'd just say reach because she's a giant god in the sky with a bow. So, like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, Twitter was pretty upset about that. They're like, you know, why would I? Why would you have this giant bow be the goddess of the hunt, not have reach? <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, some of, like, going through some of the other stuff in the set, there's a lot of powerful stuff here. I mean, um, just... Yeah, you want to go ahead and talk about the uh, Nyx Bloom Ancient? I mean, yeah, just today, that Nyx Bloom Ancient is, is a beast. Triple mana. Sure, he costs, what, seven? Seven yep. cost? Seven the cost. Uh, trample and a 5-5. Five, five. You but. know, but that's a sweet reanimator target. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think, I you know, people were already upset and whatever, talking about it being too powerful. I'm like, and I like I told you, I don't think that it enables anything that Mana Reflections didn't already enable. I agree. In fact, I think this could have been a good set to put Mana Reflections in. Yeah. Yeah, with the enchantment, um, the enchantment type sub, on the sub it, theme like, and stuff. Yeah. Now, I, I agree, it's powerful. It is a powerful card. The power creep is is real, as Dale stated earlier. But um, with it being on a creature, barring the fact that like you don't have uh, like lightning greaves or something to get protected or protecting it and whatnot, like you're able to kill it off pretty easily. Or like even like a board wipe will go and kill it off. Like it's not hard to deal with. <clears throat> I think, in my honest opinion, that uh, mana reflection is harder to deal with than this this card in general. Like I would have. <coughs> I think it should be five colorless and three green, just because it's pretty easy to get that amount of mana in green, like pretty quick. Like you could be casting Nyx Bloom Ancient on turn four. Like I feel with like some green. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But and I mean a lot of like some of just the regular rares in the set are nuts. Yeah. And I mean you have one right here. Yeah, Dryad of the uh Elysian Grove is a three drop, two uh two colorless and a green. Uh it's an enchantment creature, uh two four. You may play an additional land on each of your turns, and then lands you control are every basic land type in addition to their other types. That's just bonkers to me. To have a uh, Prismatic Omens as well as exploration a exploration stapled onto a card. With like, a better, more achievable mana cost. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you actually stapled those two cards together, it would be two green and one. Yep, exactly. And now this is one green and two? You know, that is a splashable card if I've ever seen it. Yeah, like, I, I recently uh, threw together a Tatiova deck, and this is going to fit perfectly into it. Like, I'm I'm highly impressed with what they what they gave us here, especially yeah. for green. Green's gotten a lot of good stuff. It's like, 
it's prismatic omen and like prismatic omen is kind of expensive it's like 30 bucks yeah yeah so like, like that. you know and just i mean we get some really sweet effects in the set like that like that prismatic mm -hmm. omen is something we haven't seen in a while since return to ravnica when they debuted chromatic lantern where yeah it's like you can tap for anything you know all your lands tap for anything yeah that was the last time we saw it um but like what is that what's that uh the new hulk enabler thassa's oracle yeah it's it's just like a the sneakiest block of text you've ever read because it's it's extremely long and then right there at the bottom is uh you win the game you know just just barely and so i think cdh is going to see this uh it gives you a wealth of new hulk piles it gives mm -hmm. you a new lab man it gives you a new jace you know it's it's pretty solid for it what is it does very solid like um yeah to, to whenever it enters the battlefield you look at the top x cards of your library where x is your devotion to blue put one of them into your onto the top of your library and put the rest on the bottom in any order or random order, sorry. If X is greater than or equal to the number of cards in your graveyard, you win the game automatically. So, yeah, that's that's really powerful. Uh, I agree. It is a sneaky card. Uh, to me, I will look at that text and maybe just not even give a damn and just kind of, like, look the other way. But, yeah, it's it's definitely a sneaky sneaky win. And I, I think with its <clears throat> with that devotion to blue effect... That can even cheat into some uh, doomsday piles. Yeah, you know that's more or less what I'm thinking about it. Whenever I see it, um, you can do something with uh, oh, what's her name, um, Queen of the Fae, Una, uh, Una Queen of the Fae, uh, and do Una Doomsday and throw her into that, and then have her as like one of the top. Uh, five or like one of, one of the top two cards and then win the game with her and una on board like that's what i'm thinking i of mean it. yeah i guess if she's in one of the top two cards and you gush mm -hmm. you gush draw it play her you and know and then una has three in her casting cost yeah and then two more that that was i think you would right have to there. draw one more card is it greater than greater than or or equal to right maybe i don't know yeah, yeah. If greater we than or equal, or equal to, the to number okay. cards. So yeah, yeah, that would do it. You gush, draw it, and then play it. Yeah. Um, I like uh, this enchantment or a mantle of the wolf for three colorless and one green enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus four, <coughs> plus four, and then whenever mantle of the wolf is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, create uh, two 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 green wolf creature tokens. I like token decks, and this seems pretty good in like a Voltron style deck. It like gives you a payoff for like when inevitably they get rid of your creature and all your enchantments go into the grave you don't just like lose the enchantment with no you know yeah with any benefit this at least gives you a benefit to losing it as well you know so i'm a big fan of the artwork i like yeah. the artwork a lot it does look cool and it's like you know a lot of people have been trying to build tribal wolf decks and this definitely fits the flavor and helps them decks out too i like the uh the new tight uh, giant, the blue giant guy. Thrix. Big spell tribal. Yeah. Yeah. Makes spells converted mana cost five or greater cost one less, and they can't be countered. Uh, yeah, I'll just build an extra turns deck. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, me personally, like, uh, being a big fan of blue that I am, I have never done an extra turns deck, and maybe this is the guy that I kind of, like, get that urge to finally throw something together with. I like big stompy stuff, so Simic Stompy with this guy seems pretty pretty cool. He's Flash. Yeah. I mean, so I think he makes a fantastic commander. Flashing him in, and then the next turn play Hydroid Crassus. No, you flash him in, and then next turn play Time Warp. Well, and then next turn play Time Stretch, and then next turn, you know, uncounterable part the Water Veil. Yeah, but that's not fun for people. It have you ever me. played extra turns? Yeah, it's fun for the people playing it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but Stompy's funner. No, <laughs> but even some of like the uncommons and oh. commons in this mm. uh, in the set are pretty good. Uh, I saw this the other day and I went I went super happy about it. Uh, Whirlwind Denial. 
for two colorless and a blue. It's an instant speed for each spell and ability your opponent controls. Uh, counter it unless it's controlled phase four. It's just a great stack wiper. Or, yeah, stack wiper. Like, you, you go, you have a big stack going on. And last thing, Whirlwind Denial. Or even, like, JB or Dale over here is building up a good stack. And I just Whirlwind Denial. And they have to pay for all that if they don't have any mana to pay for it. Like, And the, the way, like, I think the power creep that Dale talks about is most evident in this card. Mm -hmm. Because Summary Dismissal is a four-drop rare yep. that exiles all spells on stack, even your stuff. And unless you're combating someone with infinite mana, which why would you be trying to do that anyway? Yeah. Well, just You'd probably just scoop. Oh, yeah. you know, if, if this stack is huge, this thing only targets their stuff. Makes them pay an immense amount of mana. Most of the time, it's their mana's already used up by the stuff they're using. Yeah, like if the stack is, I don't know, you know, four, five spells deep, they've chucked some free spells. You know, there's a pact that now just costs four, and you have to pay five on your upkeep. Yeah. Like, man, that's for three mana. Yeah, three super, mana does that. Super good card. That's absolutely insane. Someone tries to, you know, you know, be cheeky and storm off, and mm -hmm. you're just like, okay, you have to pay yeah. for. It's Essentially, that is a storm card. Like yeah. now, I think about it and whatnot. Yeah, that's a new quote-unquote fluster storm. Like, uh, that's <clears throat> I like this guy, the Kraken, uh, Nadir Kraken for three mana. That's you pretty cool. You get card. a two-three Kraken whenever you draw a card. You can pay one cardless if you do put a plus one counter on it, and then create a one-one blue tentacle creature token. I've seen uh, in uh, Azurius. You can run Mentor the Meek and Ashnot's Altar, go infinite, and get infinite blue tentacle creature tokens and make him infinitely big. So, like, there's that now. In well, Mentor Azorius. the Meek also draws you cards, so you draw your library. Yeah, draw your library, infinitely big, lab man win, or, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, some of the some of the cards, not even just all, like, any most of the rare cards, but just, like, gems... That that whirlwind denial is just so good. Yeah, that's that. Uh, that's another thing uh, I completely forgot about for other, some of this other stuff. Idyllic Tutor just got reprinted. Something we haven't seen since Morning Tide. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's really cool. That's a solid reprint for sure. Yeah, like I was really happy whenever I saw that the other day. If you it, don't know what that is, it's a two colorless one white sorcery spell that says search your library for an enchantment card, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle. And I love the flavor. The t flavor text is just great. Dale, could you read that to me? You are loved, child. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. No, it's just like much needed reprint. I agree. I do like Tudor needed a reprint, you know, forever ago. But was not to be. But here we are. Yeah. We just had to wait till, you know, 2020. Uh, staying in white, Archon of Sun's Grace, a rare for four, two colorless, two white, is a 3-4 Archon creature with flying and lifelink that says Pegasus creatures you control have lifelink, and it has constellation. Whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, create a 2-2 white Pegasus creature token with flying. Well, that's, that's a game drawer if you have, like, Enchanted Evening out, because each Pegasus will enter if that's an enchantment mm -hmm. and make another Pegasus. That's a, that's a polyraptor situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like it. I think it's pretty cool. It's definitely going straight into my uh, Selesnya deck that I'll be building. Yeah, and who, uh, who is that commander there that uh, you're going to be building? She was... Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, uh, Siona, captain of the Pileus. Pileus? Uh, three mana, one colorless, one green, one white, legendary creature, human soldier, and it's an uncommon. When she enters the battlefield, look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal an aura card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest to the bottom of your library in a random order. And then whenever an aura you control becomes attached to a creature you control, create a one, one white human soldier creature token. 
the second ability is the one that matters because with Shielded by Faith, you just make infinite 1-1 uh, human soldier creature tokens. Uh, so that's pretty cool. I like tokens. So. Wow, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of cool uh, older white enchantments from back in the day that you can just basically pay one to return it back to your hand to recast it again so you can get some extra value out of those and create more dudes. And then with the Archon Pegasus, you create two, two uh, Pegasus tokens as well, so you're netting three bodies onto the battlefield. And, uh, I mean, another piece of tech that just dropped was the uh, Shadow Spear. That's Elspeth's, the spear that Elspeth's using. Uh, for one mana, uh, legendary equipment, equipped creature gets 1-1, one, one, has Trample and Lifelink, and then its spiciest ability, permanence your opponent's control, lose Hexproof and Indestructible for one. That's amazing. Just tack right on there to a to a one-drop equipment. It's going into every single one of my commander decks. Yeah. You're a green stompy guy. Just like Soul Ring, nope, it's in every single one of my decks now. Because I was telling Adam earlier, extra turns, Narset. I'm playing that, man, and I'm just up, oh, it's losing X proof. Somebody get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's good for that. I thought of you. No, thanks. I, li I like how you don't have to have it attached in yeah. order to actually use it. And even if you have to attach it, it's only two mana. Like, that's that's still even worthy there. That's what, a Basilisk Caller, I think, has the same cast and equip cost and isn't, I believe just, so, isn't yeah. as good? Yeah, no, we're near as good. What about that uh, spicy artifact right next to right next to it? Nyx Bloom Lotus. Oof. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, pretty solid. Um Basically, you pay four, tap it, and add mana of any color that you chose equal to its devotion to that color. So well, no, it's it's pay four for just the thing, and yeah, it comes and in tap. tapped. And then it's tap, and it's Nykthos on an artifact. Yeah. It's pretty good, but Does, I hate the entering tapped thing. Oh man! Oh wow! You don't get it. You don't get an instant. Well, here's what's gonna happen. Devotion. I'm just gonna blow it up every time I see somebody play this. I'm just gonna wait and blow it up right before their turn. Yeah, and then they counter your spell. Then what? And then I'll blow it you up. You invested in crows and grip, so they can't counter your spell. Bold Didn't, strategy, yeah, Dale. Exactly. Good, good job. If you didn't yep. know, we here at the Commander's Vault. Uh, <laughs> split second is a good mechanic. It's a great mechanic. Crows and grip for life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are those are some of the stuff that we've kind of saw that kind of spoke to us. Um, there are titans. There, there's a new thing of titans. Um, yeah, they're all right. They seem to kind of be based around the escape mechanic, to where if you cast them, you ha and they enter the battlefield. Unless they escaped, you got to sacrifice it. And so like they're really based around that. Then you get an ability there. Um, How about a Soul Guide Lantern? For one mana, you get an artifact, and when an ETB's exile, target card from a graveyard, and then you can tap it, sacrifice it, and exile each opponent's graveyard. And then for one, you can tap it, sack it, and draw a card. It's got a lot of stuff stapled onto it. That's pretty beneficial in a lot of metas, you know, being able to exile graveyards, Tormod's Crypt style, but. Oh yeah, I, I dig it a lot. Like especially even like whenever it enters, you can just take something from a grave. Maybe it's just one pesky thing, and you can just sit there and hold on to that for. Maybe you don't even use it, but still, you could take care of that one thing. Um, there's a cycle of interventions, uh, which are a uh, whatever god it is, their color. Like for instance, Thassia's intervention is. X and two blue because she's blue, uh, and they have a, an ability on them. And then they, the the uh, second you choose one of the abilities, the second ability you just multiply it where X is how much you paid into it. I think that's a pretty cool uh, cycle that they have going on right now. Um, I like uh, one thing that I'm excited for is uh, Dalakos, Crafter of Wonders. He uh, curves perfectly with uh, Ruhan. It's equipped creatures you control have flying in haste. I didn't even think about your Ruhan deck when I looked at this, but yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I like it. He's a mana dork for artifacts, uh -huh. which is good. 
Uh, flying in haste, uh, super good. Evasion on Ruhan, fantastic. I love it. <laughs> and it's three mana. So I think even he, even Dalakos himself could be a good Voltron commander at three mana. Three mana with a pair of shoes. Yeah. You know, it's just like he curves with a lot of good artifact stuff. He yeah. can get real big real quick. Oh, yeah. I, I think that'd be a really good idea. Just to simply have him as, as your Voltron commander and as... Yeah, have mana to cast your stuff. I really like the uh, new arts for the temples. Like, they're pretty yeah. solid artwork on those. And then for, like, really good art and a cool reprint is Field of Ruin. The artwork on that is just sick. Yeah, that's just really rad. so awesome. And I'm glad to see that getting reprinted, too. I mean, it's not an expensive card, but I run it in a few decks, and to have a better art version of it is cool. Yeah. I like, it's not super powerful, but I do like Altar of the Pantheon. Yeah. It's a neat mana rock. Also, instead of, you know, three mana to add one mana of any color, and if you control a god, demigod, or legendary enchantment, you gain one life. But your devotion to each color and each combo of colors is increased by one. So yeah, I think I, that's pretty cool. I think that is really cool. Well, I heard a few people talking about that, like not really understanding what that text means when they say uh, increasing your devotion to uh, multicolor by one. Like So that just means that even though it does increase your devotion to red and to green by one, it only de- increases your devotion to red, green by one. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm still kind of confused because, like, if you look, look at all the gods, that's, you know, five mana. So, like, think, if you were to play Xenagos from the older set where it says your devotion needs to be seven, like, it would help you in that aspect. I'm saying you wouldn't get one green devotion, one red devotion, and one red and one and green devotion is what I'm saying. You don't get four devotion out of the, temp, the altar. Yeah, you just get three. You get one of each color... Or the one combo of colors. You know what I mean? Because it's a combination of colors. I suppose. Is it three? I don't know. I'm really. I'm actually. We'll have to wait for the, ro- the yeah, we'll, we'll have to. We'll have to wait for the ruling. I was. Maybe like, I'm just being dumb. I was expecting like maybe they were gonna print like something else that would make it relevant because like it already says your devotion's increased by one. So see, I've always been told that the interpretation of devotion and stuff that has hybrid mana is either black or blue, for instance. Like, if it's a black-blue card, okay. it is either black or blue, not both. So, hybrid ma- hybrid uh, devotion is not a thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's either red or green. I don't think that's true. I'm pretty sure I saw a Twitter thread where they were going over it, where it was like, it was the it was a swamp. Okay. It was like the swamp mana symbol, the Phyrexian black symbol, and then like the beseech the queen symbol where it's a black or two. Mm-hmm. Each of those counts as a a black a black Devotion single black. black. Yeah. yeah. And then it showed the death right shaman, mm-hmm. and it said this counts as a devotion to black and green. Yes, like, but like, whenever it refers to your devotion to blue, it only refers to the bl- devotion to blue side of it. Or if your devotion to black, it, it devotion to black side of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> I, I don't know how how that'll be interpreted if it'll be for hybrid mana and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, because whenever back when Theros was a uh, thing for standard and whatnot, people would run uh, Nightvale Specters for their black or blue devotion decks and they would get that devotion added into everything. Okay. But I like really uh, interesting card though. Yeah. And I mean they printed Thirst for Knowledge, but for yeah. a chance. So yeah, that's I thought cool. that was cool. Is it a blue card still? Yeah, Is yep. it three cost enchantment, draw three or three cost instant, draw three cards, then discard unless discard two unless you discard an enchantment. Thirst for meaning instead of thirst for knowledge. Yep. Cool. Yeah, some real interesting stuff. Definitely. Uh, I think there's going to be some powerhouses in some other formats uh, that Hound 
Coronos, I think is going to be a shoe-in for Death and Taxes in Legacy. I agree. Uh, A whole bunch of just kitchen sink crap just stapled on to a 3-3-3 drop. I know a couple people around here are even going to start build, brewing up something and building something for it, whether it be like a kind of a Staxi kind of build or yeah, uh, just hate on graveyard kind of build. Well, it, it It's really set up well for uh, any type of Voltron strategy. Vigilance, menace. Mm. Yeah. Like those are two very huge keywords for people who are just like, oh, I'm just going to chump block your your dude well you have to commit two yep. and my dude doesn't tap when he attacks so lifelink creature cards and graveyards can't enter the battlefield players can't cast spells from graveyards like it's just a whole bunch of stuff just clickety clack stapped on there yeah i i agree i think it's a really cool card um i think it's pushed i think it's real pushed what do you mean by that like pushing the the power of what like, think of for that same mana cost, you get Cumball. Oh, well, yeah. For that yeah. same mana cost, you get Tesa Orzov Scion. Both of which do not even half the stuff that this card does. Yeah, no, I agree. Power toughness is greater. You know, just a whole... I think it's very, like... Push to the brink. Like, give it a couple years. We'll see where we're at as far as power creep, but... That card, I think, is extremely pushed. Now let's let's stop and talk about that for a minute, because me and Dale were having a good discussion about it earlier. He's he's worried that in these next couple sets, that if they continue to do this power creep they've done since War of the Spark, granted, twenty twenty was kind of a kind of a downer after after War of the Spark. But well, it was a core set, so yeah. <laughs> what do you expect? Uh, that if they keep doing this power creep, like everything will become like older cards will become obsolete. Would you like to weigh in? I mean, that's the nature of the game. Yeah. You know, like, I think that constant reiterations of things is just the nature of how the game is going to go. That's why they have different formats created so that you can use every type of card if you want. Granted, everything is going to have something that's better than it, unless it's the pinnacle of the card type. But, you know, it's just up to people playing Commander to recognize that and adapt. Like, we were thinking, uh, basically, if they do a whole year, say, from War of the Spark forward, one year, where they just, like, really print really heavy power creep... And then stop after a year. That's fine. But if you just continue to every single set, just push cards power more and more and more, I think it's going to have an adverse effect on eternal formats like Commander because it will continue to push so many cards out and away and like make Commander players need to buy the new sets in order to get uh, like competitive cards to build good decks, basically forcing us to be like standard and buy the new set every set in order to have cards to build with which i think is kind of negative oh it's definitely negative i'm sure it's good for wizards of the coast to like make money by doing that and i mean we haven't even talked about one of the most ridiculous cards printed in the set underworld breach yogmoth's will in red for two mana and you have to everything in your graveyard has escape like, they aren't even exiled. They're just, everything has escape. And then what? You um, sack, at the beginning of the end step, you sack Underworld Breach. Like, that screams abuse for Storm decks, you know? like Specifically for Storm decks, like, you're going to have to, one, create a lot of mana in order to do a lot you want to do in that turn. But, like, for two mana, rather than three... And then the escape. Yeah. And then what? It's escape is added. Three three cards. Three cards and the escape. So it's there. It's it's cost plus three cards. Plus three cards. Yeah, that's really good. Like. Um, yeah. How do you guys feel about the escape mechanic, real quick? Um, I think it's pretty middle of the road. 
right now. I think that if any card is going to push that mechanic, it's going to be Underworld Breach. Um, I feel some cast decks uh, could definitely use Underworld Breach because they'll get to cast their free spell, then escape it, then escape it again. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's just... Because it's, it's unlike Yawgmoth's Will, Yawgmoth's Will only hits the stuff that's in your graveyard right then. Yeah. So it's like, whatever's in your graveyard right then, that's what you can cast, and then anything that would go to the graveyard is exiled. Underworld Breach just says, each non-land card has escape in your graveyard. So yeah, I'll, I'll cast my, you know, ritual, and then I'll escape that ritual, and then I'll escape that ritual again. Yeah. You know. Have X amount and, of mana. Yeah, it's just like, that's, you know, that's probably a bad example. But just the fact that it is doable. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I had saw it, and I was like, oh, this is kind of whack. And then, like, kind of, like, not thought anything of it. And then you had come in later and was talking about it and whatnot, and I was like, and, like, had said it was a, a Yogg's Will, like, was printed on a new card. And I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, now I see the power think of that about, card. Think about a deck like a Grixis deck mm -hmm. that can chunk it like, chuck a bunch of crap in their graveyard, right? With Underworld Breach and, a, you know, a couple rituals, you could essentially storm off just from your graveyard. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to see some play for Storm decks in EDH. Like, I mean, quite frank, I could stick it in Izzet and my Mizzix deck and see what happens. Like... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what come what it comes I, down I to. I really but. think. I mean, especially for your your Mizzix deck, I think you're underselling how powerful it is. Like, just from our games that we've played, your first few turns before you get Mizzix is, you know, some fetching, mm -hmm. some draw spells to just you know keep your hand full and stuff like that. Right then, you've already got. You could Mystical Tutor cast this. Escape Mystical Tutor, get both your combo pieces. And then, yeah. You know, so, like, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd probably be a card that I gotta stick into Mystic then. Gonna have to start trying to find some room for it. I know one thing, like I was saying earlier about the uh, Thassa's in, uh, intervention, that's probably gonna take the spot of uh, Dig Through Time for me. I'm gonna test it out for a little bit. So it, uh, it is X and two blue. You look at the top X cards, put two of them in your hand, and then put the rest on the bottom in any order. Or you could choose uh, kind of target spell as control plays X twice. Um, to me, I'm a big, filthy counter spell guy, so that the pay X twice is really good to me. Or I have something that is a quote-unquote dig through time that will feed off on my uh, experience counters. So it's like I'm paying yeah. it for free. But what do you think about uh, Nylea's intervention? X and two green sorcery. Search your library for up to X land cards, reveal them, put them into your hand, or deal twice X damage to each creature with flying. I feel uh, like that's pretty good. I, think I like the, the land part. Yeah, of the it. tutoring for lands, that's not the, just basic lands. Yeah, that's, that's probably the, the most important thing about it. Win grace, you know? You go, yeah. Go and get yeah. all your. Strip oh, there's like, type effects. I mean, I know y'all hate it, but there's <laughs> going to be like four cards from the set that go into Wind Grace. Oh, boy. I mean, I'm going to put Nylea's Intervention into uh, a few of my decks. I mean, go out and get my Cradle. Yeah, know? if it's if it's like that, I'm probably going to switch it out for Attempt of Discovery in my Tatiova deck. Like, fuck you guys getting... Uh, lands. I'm gonna get the lands that I want. I'm yeah. just gonna. <laughs> oh no, it's a flat out. And like, just like blue itself having the cool only on their turn, on the opponent's turn kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Nyad of the Hidden Coves, which is as long as it's not your turn, spells cost one less to cast. As long you know, there's the where's the other guy? The other guy. It's like when oh, it's not yeah. your turn, tap something if you cast a spell. Oh, whirlwind denial. The wave break hippocamp. Whenever you cast your first spell during each opponent's turn, draw a card. Mm -hmm. Just uh, a lot of good, like, 
kind of under the radar stuff for blue. Stinging oh, yeah. Lionfish. Whenever you cast your first spell during your opponent's turn, you may tap or untap target an online permanent. I like that. It's a good two drop. It's, yeah, for being a two drop. Mm hmm. Also, if anyone was paying attention during those, um, the convention boosters or whatever they were. The yeah, the mystery. Yeah, mystery the mystery boosters. boosters. One of the development cards was called Enchantment Eyes. Yep. Which, one with the stars, is an exact copy of that card. Yep. So look at every one of those playtest cards that they released and think that, well, some of this might possibly be a real card sometime. It was literally Enchantmatize, three and one blue, Enchantment Aura, which enchant, creature or enchantment. Enchanted permanent is an enchantment and loses all of the card types. Oh, and then it has some flavor text about Crucifix in there. The card's actually pretty good. Uh, I really wish it wouldn't have been a blue card, honestly. But it's pretty cool. Being able to turn something into an enchantment is pretty awesome. There's a lot of degenerate stuff you can really do with that. That's kind of flying under the radar right now. But I'm sure once it comes out and people start playing it, oh, you're yeah. going to see some, some weird stuff go down with that. Let's not forget our Gary reprint. Yeah, that we've been Gary. That we've been clamoring for. The biggest thing I'm pumped about that is the new artwork's awesome, and I can't wait to pick up a foil. Neither can uh, I. The foil is going to be nuts. Yeah. Gonna People are going to be looking for that super hardcore. Um, I like Arasta, the Endless Web. For 4, 2, colorless, 2, green, get a 3, 5 legendary enchantment creature spider with reach, and whenever an opponent casts an instant or sorcery spell, you create a 1, 2, green spider token with reach. I think that's pretty sweet. Uh, I like to think that it's Lolth, because Wizards of the Coast owns Dungeons and & Dragons, and Lolth is the spider queen. So uh, as soon as I saw that card, I was like, oh, it's Loth. <laughs> I was instantly said it was Loth. If, yeah, I would actually believe it was Loth if it was a Golgari card. Yeah. But other than that. Honestly, I think this should have been a, a uh, Golgari card. I think this would have been a good time to give us, like, I mean, they've given us a couple throughout the last, uh, last couple sets. But I think this one would have been, like, the go-to spider um, commander if it would have been a Golgari, in my opinion. I want Mono Green Spider Commander, and this fits the bill. I mean, a lot of people are saying they'll just throw it into the Jund, the Jund Spider, but yeah, I like this one. It's cool. It's the like spider. The, the token. Fantas. Yeah, yeah Fantas. The uh, the token creation is like the coolest part. Just being like, okay, you know, one time around the table, how many instants and sorceries get cast by your opponents? None. Because there's probably a, a Mr. Grimora on the battlefield, and everybody's like, no, stop it. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's there's not a lot of stuff that I'm going to just be instantly slotting. Um, maybe ten cards from the whole set. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to build the bronze-blooded, Perforos, the bronze-blooded. Yeah, um, I'm curious to see I'm what gonna, you got. It's, no... You're no, you're gonna hate it. Probably. Because it's literally just gonna be like, here's this, here's this un, you know, <laughs> I, here's a Blightsteel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of bronze, how about the uh, two drop rare bronze hide lion? It's a 3 3 cat creature, and it has, for a green and a white, it gains indestructible until the end of turn, and then whenever it dies, you return it to the battlefield. It's an aura enchantment with enchant creature you control. And then for two, Enchanted Creature gains Indestructible until end of turn and loses all other abilities. Yeah, I think that's going to be pretty cool. Pretty cool little value card throw think, into yeah. Ultron. I think it's really cool. Like, the fact that it, like, you get a dude, it dies, it comes back, it protects a dude. Like, I think Honestly, really cool. I will say, as a guy who plays, who's been playing Voltron a lot recently, um, I don't think the Indestructible is that super great. Only because everybody's exiling it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, true. Like, if you're sitting down and there's, like, if they're playing white, you have to deal with, you know, if there's one white player, you have to deal with, like, X amount of exile creature effects. If mm -hmm. there's two white players at the table, multiply that by two. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, yeah, Indestructible's great. You can wrath your own board. You can do all that stuff. 
and that's cool. And some of those interactions are really good. But I will say the amount of times that I've had shielded by faith on <laughs> Ruhan and it just hasn't mattered has been a lot. It's been a lot. I think the number one card that comes to my mind that this is an instant slot in is Sigarda because she has hexproof stapled on her. Yeah. So like in that, it's, yeah, I can see it's that. real good in that. I think if if that's in the, the Sigarda deck, I mean, then your only outs are like Hallowed Burial and Final Part or uh, whatever it is, the Exile All Creatures. Oh. There's, a, there's like a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. Descend so, on the Sinful and... Uh-huh. Makes it real hard to get rid of Sigarda. I've seen that deck quite a few times up here, so I'm hoping to not see a resurgence in that. Yeah, I have not (laughs) seen it in a while. But, I mean, yeah, green got some spicy goodies. Uh, White got left in the dirt a little bit. Again, Boros got shat on as usual. Yeah. I do like that wonky legendary guy that has yeah, the Achilles yeah, yeah. heel at random. Yeah. Hactos, yeah, yeah. the unscarred for four, two red, two white legendary creature, human warrior, a 6 1. And uh, he attacks each combat if able. As he enters the battlefield, choose two, three, or four at random. Hactos has protection from each converted mana cost other than the chosen number, which is pretty cool. I think it could make it hard to, hard to deal with him. Depending on what, whether you get two, three, or four, but yeah, still extremely underwhelming for Boros as usual. I mean, if you want to talk about underwhelming, what about Kiora Bests, the Sea God? <laughs> Seven drop <laughs> mythic enchantment saga. So, not only are you spending seven mana on an enchantment, but you have to wait three turns for the payoff. Oof. It's a waste, a waste of a mythic. Oh man, I get, it's super flavorful. The professor did a great job on his exposition of Kiorbest the Sea God. Yeah, but other than like the professor's thing was just better than the actual card. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, I agree. You know, it's just like oof. <laughs> Pelucris Unchained, I think, is another waste of a, a waste of a mythic. Uh, I think that's gonna see some modern play. Uh, I can see it in modern, yeah. Uh, just because of the escape, like being easy to to do, like four mana for a six six, that's pretty okay. Having it be able to fight everything, that's okay. I don't know. Just some guy, some guy that I know that plays uh, modern was talking about like trying to slot it into old like. Dredge mm-hmm. shenanigans. I was That'd like, be a good idea, quite frankly. I, I, I don't know. I don't think I agree, but I was just like, I would like to see it get used somewhere. Yeah. What do you guys think of Athreos, our promo card? Garbage. Trash can. Yeah. You gave us a really White good god. White got shat upon. You gave us a, good, a really good god last time, and this ain't nothing. Nothing on him. The fact that the coin counter... Well, let's just go over the... Yeah, from the top. Go ahead, Six Rick. drop. Four, one white, one black. As long as your devotion to white and black is less than seven, it's not a creature. And it's a four, seven. The beginning of your end step, put a coin counter on another target creature. Whenever a creature with a coin counter on it dies or is put into exile, return that card to the battlefield under your control. All right. The coin counter thing, pretty good. The amount of things that put coin counters on thing, one. You know, <laughs> Athreos, and it only does it at the end step, and it only does one. Blah. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, not good at all. I, ca- I think it could smash casual tables, like super casual tables where it's like super hard to get rid of. You know, because if it's like, okay... Uh, Athreos has enough devotion to be a creature. You put the ca- coin counter on Athreos. Mm-hmm. You know? So then it's like... Well, it says another target. So you can't even put the coin counter on him. Yep, trash. <laughs> I am in my sorry, statement. Sorry to debunk that so soon, but... Yeah, I, I'm i disappointed. And I, then we, somebody drops like a 25-cent solemnity, and nothing yeah. can get counters. Uh-huh. That's a casual... Yeah. Casual card for any kitchen table to run to just shat all over it. 
Yeah, like look at the la- look at some of the other promos we've gotten. Like King Kenrith, good promo. Uh, Nexus of Fate two years ago was a really good promo. Um, War of the Spark, we had. Uh, um, Tesseract, yeah. Bridge. Like we've had good promos here, and I just, yeah, I think that kind of falls flat. Yeah, just I don't like it at all. I like, I want White to be better. Yep. I want them to give, like, White in every set is like, can I draw cards? No. Can I do this? No. Can I do that? No. I guess I'll just gain some life then. <laughs> just get card draw in white. That's the only thing I want. Like, make it, you can make it flavorful. Make it say something like, if you gain two or more life on your end step draw card. Mm-hmm. You get to draw one card. Like, you can you can gain life in white and not make it, like, not color pie themed. They get Staxi stuff. Like, Edelon of, of Obstruction. I do like that card. Which is neat. It's niche, but... It, it's a good, you know, if your meta's rife with Planeswalker decks, then good. I, I mean, think it'll be good in standard right now. I mean, I can definitely see it in some EDH decks. There's, there's, there's well, Stacks, enough Stacks is always Stax is always going to find it to be decent enough. The fact that it is an enchantment, so you can search for it with a bunch of white stuff in general. Yeah. I wish like, it would have said makes them pay two instead of one. Because just one is like they're they're gonna activate their planeswalker ability if they have to pay one they're gonna do it especially if that's like their theme. Now if you're playing against super friends, sure. In that going against that, it's gonna be real good. Yeah. But aside from that, you know the typical decks running what two? You know, you know for for one mana the turn after you cast this, the Oko is gonna turn it into an elk. <laughs> right? You know, yeah. like, like true. <laughs> spend one mana. Okay, that's an elk now. Definitely. Oh, Oko's so good. Uh, I mean, that pretty much wraps it up on the spoilers. Is, you know. Yeah, did you want to talk about your uh, your deck tech? I mean, I know we kind of yeah, said we did the, kind of. the meat and bones of the, the Heliod combo. Yeah, I can talk about uh, Heliod. So I built this deck, play tested it, probably... Seven, eight times now. Started off angels, switched out the angels because it's kind of redundant. You don't need the life gain on the angels when you can just make your stuff have lifelink. So basically, you just run all of your uh, enlightened tutors, your ranger captains, like anything that you can tutor out your walking ballista with so that you can get that combo. You want to run like some staxy type effects too. Uh, I'm running Grand Abolisher in here stuff like that just so they can't interact on my turn uh ranger captain of eos is probably the best one just because it tutors out your walking ballista then you sack it so they can't cast any non-creature spells and then you just go off but uh aside from the whole ballista combo uh, i got like your basic uh worn power stones your your signet just ramp uh, Mindstone type stuff. Uh, Linden, the Steadfast Queen, I think is a really good card in this deck. The Whenever a white creature you control attacks, you gain one life, which is going to trigger Hiliod multiple times. So I went with a, a token build. So you just are going to be swinging, you know, five, six, seven creatures at once, getting seven like triggers soldiers on, on Hiliod. Like yep. Uh, Luminarch Ascension, pump out some angels. Uh, I threw Trading Post in here because it's pretty good. You can make the uh, the goat tokens, and then you can sack them to get back your ballista. If people, you know, destroy it, or you need to use it in a pinch without being able to combo off. Uh, Ashes of the Abhorrent. Uh, players can't cast spells from graveyards or activate abilities of creatures in your graveyard, which is good against grave decks. And then the Whenever a creature dies, you gain a life to trigger Hiliod is like pretty good, adds up. Um, especially when you run like board wipes, kill all your tokens, gain a ton of life, kill everybody else's stuff. Hiliod's indestructible, so he doesn't die, and he just gets a ton of counters. And as soon as he comes online, you just smack face. Uh, Darien, the King of Keldor, six drop, three three legendary human. Whenever you're dealt damage, you put that many one one soldier creature tokens. On the battlefield. He's a beast for token generation. 
Um, yeah, he, he does good, especially with a lot of the, uh, the enchantments, like the Ajani's enchantment, one drop, whenever a creature ETPs, you gain one life. So then you're just triggering Heliod. Do you a run bunch. like anointed processions though? Yep, anointed processions in here. Uh, Leonin Warleader is a really good one. Whenever he attacks, you create two uh, one one white creature tokens with lifelink tapped and attacking. So then you always get the life gain trigger to put the counters on uh, stuff. Obviously, Ulamog to shuffle your, your grave in case people try to mill you out. Uh, mentor the Meeks in here, so whenever any of your small little weenie tokens enter, you can uh, pay and draw, get a little engine going. Uh, Mind's Eye, so you can draw. Uh, the big one is a Well of Lost Dreams, so that you can just gain life and just, you know, pay now You need a that, bunch. right? Like, I don't think you have one in there, or do you have one in there? Uh, no, I have Well of Lost Dreams in here. I picked it up from Neil, but yeah, whenever you gain life, you can pay X and where X is equal to less than up to the amount of life you gained and you draw X cards, which that's pretty much like the draw engine of the deck. Sounds so, like White needs some better draw cards. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, definitely does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sword of the Animus, super good for getting out your lands. Uh, solemn, definitely. I also run like a Ritual of Law. Each player can't cast more than Rule one spell. Rule of law, yeah, my bad. Do you have the other one in there, the one from... Uh, uh, Deafening Silence, yeah. the one drop. I had it in here, but I took it out just because just seems kind of redundant. It, it Honestly, for a deck like yours that's going to be running a lot of non-creature spells, it kind of shoots you in the foot while giving the stompy creature aggro decks like more stuff. Yeah, you know, because like, de you know, deafening silence. If I'm playing a stompy aggro creature deck, I'm just gonna be dropping dudes, and then my one non-creature spell for the turn might be like triumph for the hordes, <laughs> and then it's just like, well, okay. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, then I run uh, divine visitation, five drop mythic enchantment that uh, if one or more creature tokens would be created under your control create that many 4-4 four, four white angels instead. Obviously, it's a token deck. You're going to want 4-4s four instead of 1-1s. One, one, so. I just, like, please give white more tools. Like, if, if you don't hear somebody who's making a mono white deck say, like, well, I've got some life gain stuff. I got some token stuff. I got some angel stuff. I got this. I don't think they're building a white deck. Like, <laughs> Josh's Teshar deck is, like, what I would consider to be mono brown because yeah. it's you know ninety percent artifacts and some white spells that tutor for artifacts. Yeah, that is super cool. It, I love the deck. The uh, what was his name from the? It's I think his his program is called the ninety nine. Yeah, it's called the ninety the ninety nine. Yeah, uh, I got to speak with him about the Teshar deck and mm -hmm. I, I love it. I love the Teshar deck. I don't call it a mono white deck. I'm it's like, not. this is a mono-brown deck. <laughs> Most and of the mono-white decks are like that. It's like artifact splash white. And I mean, just please give white more stuff. That's all I want. Not, it doesn't even have to be, like, tie it to things that white wants to do already. You know? If they're going to make them have 55 billion cards that gain life, like, t tie your card draw to life. Like, make a well of lost dreams that's actually not like super mana intensive yeah. like you know like just come on it's 2020 <laughs> make yeah. make the white color white like powerful enough to to stand up make to, white great again no no <laughs> do not say that <sighs> yeah uh, aside from that i got blind obedience in here which i'm swapping out for authority of the councils just because of the life gain triggers uh, Heliod. Uh, Sarah Ascendant, uh, pretty good, obviously. Everybody's yeah. probably had to go up against a one-drop 6-6. Six, six a, a turn one Sarah <laughs> Ascendant. Yeah. yeah. So that's definitely real good. Uh, Angel of Jubilation is I don't really see in many decks, but it's pretty solid. Other non-black creatures you control get plus one, plus one, so it buffs all your dudes. And players can't pay life or sacrifice creatures to cast spells or activate abilities, which shuts down a lot. Yeah, so. I love that card. That's a really good card. Um, a Johnny 
wise counselor gain a life for each creature you control obviously with all the tokens you're getting tons of triggers on heliod um do you run the new johnny from 20 uh no but i do need to pick that one up that'll go in here too i also need a color of the pride uh elspeth yeah. i need elspeth uh the from theris Theris, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sun's champion. Yep, I need that just for the token generation. But I mean, aside from that, it's just your basic uh, stuff you would run in mono white enchantments, O rings, stuff like that to just tax players and exile their stuff. You have a bunch of like board wipes. I actually, I don't run any board wipes in here just because I usually don't. I haven't really had to worry about it, you know? Like, I usually have way more creatures than anybody else, so I don't really need the board wipe really that much because I can just chump block. And uh, the one wipe I do run in here, though, is Settle the Wreckage, and I actually use that to ramp myself. So I'll swing with six or eight 1-1 tokens, cast Settle the Wreckage, exiling the tokens, and then I get to... Uh, search up six, eight, whatever basic planes out, put them on the battlefield tapped. So, like, in my opinion, that's, like, literally the best white ramp spell in the game is to use it on your own stuff. But then in a pinch, you can also use it on something that you really need to get rid of that's attacking you, like a blight steal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, so, a good, it's a good settle the wreckage forcer. Uh, Adakar Val Valkyrie's actually done some pretty good work in this deck, it's a uh, four or five flying for six snow creature angel with flying and vigilance and has tap. When target creature other than itself is put into a graveyard this turn, return it to play under your control. So, which is like a weird effect in white to oh, yeah. steal other people's stuff. But it's pretty good, honestly. Uh, uh, it's a card I don't see too often. Sorry, I didn't mean that. No, no, it's, that was like, the first fat pack that I ever bought was Cold Snap. Oh, yeah? And uh, I didn't get out of Car Valkyrie. I got Phyrexian Soul Gorger. It was like the best. Oh. It's trash. Don't, don't do me. <laughs> yeah, everybody keeps saying basically uh, Ranger Captain of Eos and Lightened Tutor are like the two like main things for getting out uh, the Ballista. And everybody forgets that uh, Ranger of Eos is actually a creature as well that does uh, pretty much the same thing, but actually... <laughs> Ranger Captain of ES before he got his promotion. I would say it's not better, but in this deck, I do like it a lot because you get to search out uh, two creatures. So I'll go for the Ballista, because it's zero, and then I'll go and get Sarah's Senda as well. Or Triskelion. one. Well, you can literally get both combo pieces. No, because because it says creatures with CMC one or less. CMC, I thought it was power. Yeah, CMC one or less. So. Oh, dude, that would be broken. If it was power. Imperial Recruiter. Yeah. I already played yeah. that card. Yep, Imperial Recruiter's in here. Uh, no, better not be. <laughs> you know, pretty much everything you can use. Imperial Recruiter. Or Imperial of the Guard, my bad. Uh, that's in here. But pretty much everything you can do to tutor out. Call a judge. Tutor out your stuff's in. This guy's got Imperial Recruiter in his pocket. Sounds super fun, dude. I'm running 38 lands, which is pretty high, but I haven't had any mana problems really in any of the games. I mean, you getting flooded or? No, not really. It seems about where it should be at. I think I had one game where I got stuck at five lands, but. Aside from uh, that, yeah. I mean, really, you just want to get to where you can hit that six lands. That's what you want, because then you can cast your Ballista for four, activate Heliod for two, and win. So you just really need to get to that six mana mark, and then you're pretty much good if nobody can respond. Yeah. But. Well, uh, it's, um, I mean, I've seen it work. I was sitting right beside you when you comboed out, like, twice. So welcome to the world of filthy combos. Degenerate. <laughs> So yeah, I it's hate great. it. Taking it's the great. deck apart. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Become one of us, Dale. Enjoy the combo. But uh, yeah, uh, at the Connors Vault, the uh, pre-release is going to be next Saturday. I think we're gonna get started sometime in the afternoon, five six o'clock. I think I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure, but it'll be uh, twenty five dollars. Well, to get in. It, next Saturday, as a point of this release, 
Oh, yeah, fair. Uh, the dates are what, the 17th, 18th, 19th, yeah. something like that? Uh, the Saturday, which is, it'll be Saturday the 18th. Um, and then that's, like I said, $25. You get your pre-release kit, uh, come play a couple games, try to win some prizes. And then the following Saturday, which is the 25th, will be our Commander Tournament. Uh, that'll be four-player pods, and that'll be $15 entry, and then we're going to go try to win some Theros Beyond Death prizes. And you will definitely see me at this tournament, and I'm going to be playing some jank, so you can get your wins in against me if you think you're uh, on the level of jank. Come see me. <laughs> well, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it, and uh, really glad we could bring in the new year and make some more content for y'all. And uh, that'll be it for us at the Commander's Vault. I'm JB. I'm Adam. And I'm Dale. And thanks again. Have a good one, guys. Peace.